So a question came through our Deep Game forum uh, yesterday morning that I'd like to share with you now because uh, quite honestly, I, I can't believe we haven't spoken about this yet. This is so fundamental to your success, not only in basketball, but in every single thing that you do in life that, again, we just have to talk about this. So I'll start off by sharing the comment that came through and uh, you may relate to this. I, I certainly do. So it goes like this. I've been indoctrinated with this idea that I must go through trouble in order to reach success. I find myself believing that if I do something with ease, I feel like I'm cheating in some sense. I'm used to having to drag myself through hell all the time, so ease feels wrong. Now, <laughs> like I said, you may relate to that. I certainly do. Um, I did for much of my basketball career. And... Uh, this is conditioning that we've all experienced throughout most of our lives that you need to hustle and grind and suffer and go through difficulty and all of this hard work over long stretches of time in order to someday reach success. And it's at the point where we're led to believe that the prerequisite to someday having success is to suffer and grind and go through all of this challenge and difficulty. And if it's easy, you're doing something wrong. And if it's really, really, really hard, then you're doing it right. This is a very North American mentality. <laughs> and uh, it's one that's very destructive, actually, and it's completely and totally wrong to the point that for many players, the hard work and the concept of hard work is actually making them worse. And uh, so we'll get into this now. There's two layers to this. The first one um, is, uh, well, the second one is a little bit deeper, but the first one needs to be pointed out um, first, of course. So I will uh, share a quick story with you about a really weird moment in my business life where I just I discovered something that uh, kind of freaked me out actually. And so, several years ago, I was backpacking through South America, and for about a six month period of time, I was traveling off and on. I was doing other things in my life. And because of that, I basically started working one hour per day, one hour per day. I was running a substantial business at that time and throughout that six months, I was so freaked out <laughs> that I was gonna lose everything, that my business was gonna tank, that I wasn't working enough, that I wasn't focused enough. And uh, <laughs> I, I kept on doing it because I really wanted to travel and I was just really drawn to experiencing things outside, well, experiencing other things in life outside of my business. So for that six month period, like I said, I worked very little, one hour per day. Uh, many of our veteran players will remember, I used to send these daily email newsletters, uh, much like these talks, but they were in text format by email. And I would send one every day. And that's kind of all I did. It was just that daily email and nothing else. I would you know, check my uh, email account to make sure nothing was blowing up. I would reply to people who needed to be replied to, but that's all I did. I, I wasn't creating new programs. I wasn't uh, doing really any other type of work whatsoever. And so again, I, I felt really, really guilty. Like I was um, just gonna destroy my business and yet I, I continued just traveling and experiencing life. And I remember partway through this, uh, this period of time, I was in uh, a friend's house in Rio de Janeiro. I was up in the mountains in Rio de Janeiro in um, 
uh, what was the, I think it's called Santa Maria or something. Uh, anyhow, I'm at this friend's house. I roll off the couch in the morning and I get on, log on to this shaky Wi-Fi connection. I hadn't looked at my business. I hadn't even opened my laptop in several days. And every day when I opened my laptop, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I was going to log on and everything was going to be lost and I was going to have blown up the business. And I was so terrified, like I was doing something horrible and I needed to be working so much harder. Um, so again, I, I log on to this shaky Wi-Fi connection. I like sheepishly sort of log on to my online account. And what I saw freaked me out so much that I almost decided to go home. <laughs> What I saw was that we had generated more revenue during the time that I hadn't been looking at my computer than we ever had in the entire duration of the business. That was weird, okay? And I still remember logging on to like our online merchant account and seeing more revenue in there than I was actually physically comfortable with. It made me physically uncomfortable how well we were doing during the time that I was completely checked out. And I was started to call into question, like, is this even possible? Am I seeing things? Like, uh, how, how could this be? Everything that I'd always been led to believe was that the harder you work, the more successful you are, the less you work, the less successful you are. And yet I was seeing the complete opposite, the complete opposite. This went on for an extended period of time. And funny enough, when I went back home six months later and I started to work a lot, that's actually when things fell apart. <laughs> um, so it, it was re really, really, uh, it, it was really strange to me to see that for the first time, that the less I did, the better the business did. And the more I did, the more I kind of tangled things up, made a mess, and things started to fall apart. So... <laughs> That's when I first experienced this. And as time went on, I started to realize that success is not a matter of hard work. It's not a matter of suffering. It's not a matter of going through a whole bunch of difficulty. Those things may be necessary at times, but they in themselves are not the prerequisite to having success in something. They actually are kind of beside the point, okay? Success is nothing but resource allocation, okay? Resource allocation. To uh, illustrate this, I'll, I'll give you an example or an analogy of, let, let's look at a coal miner, okay? A coal miner versus uh, somebody who's very, very successful, Warren Buffett, all right? So the coal miner, first of all, if you look at what their day looks like, they probably roll out of bed really early in the morning. They pack like a, a lunch of some kind. They trudge off to the coal mine. They go deep down into the earth and do back-breaking manual labor all day long, usually uh, probably very long hours you know, dirtying themselves up with, with coal and minerals and whatnot, uh, take a, a brief lunch break, I would imagine, partway through the day, and then get back to manual labor. And then eventually they come back up out of the earth, exhausted, uh, trudge back home, probably, um, you know, sit through a quick dinner and then collapse into bed exhausted at the end of the day. And they do this over and over and over for very little pay. Most people would consider that extremely hard work. They would consider it extremely difficult. Uh, probably a lot of coal miners out there are suffering quite a bit as a result of this lifestyle, and yet they're paid very little. So not many people would consider that a high level of success. Many people would consider that a high level of hard work. Warren Buffett, on the other hand, if you ask him what his days look like, for the most part, he kind of lounges, actually. And Warren Buffett will spend hours per day sitting, reading, thinking, 
playing golf, playing bridge, uh, you know, hanging out with Bill Gates at McDonald's, drinking Coca-Cola and eating McDonald's. Uh, this literally is what he does. He lounges most of the day and he thinks deeply about different things. He uh, reads on different subjects and he has a very leisurely lifestyle, very leisurely. What most people would say is uh, not difficult, is um, filled with ease and like a smooth, quiet way of, of, of living. And uh, he says that every year, his entire goal is just to make one good decision per year, to make one good investment. And if he has done that, he will consider that year a success. So really what he does is he lounges around, he thinks, he reads, and once per year, he makes one investment. And uh, for the most part, that's all he does. So incredible level of success, like otherworldly levels of success in Warren Buffett's case, uh, one of the most financially successful human beings in history, and yet uh, by most people's standards doesn't work all that hard, right? He's not doing putting in a lot of backbreaking difficult work, but again, just quantum levels of success. So how can this be, right? How can Warren Buffett live that kind of lifestyle and the coal miner live another kind of lifestyle and yet um, you know, the levels of success are not at all in proportion to how hard they are working and how difficult that work is? Well, we find that uh, hard work and difficulty are do not equi <laughs> equate to success. They just don't, okay? They're not in proportion to one another. And actually success, what, like I said before, is a game of resource allocation. In the coal miner's case, he's allocating all of his resources, energetic uh, resources, willpower resources, all of his time, energy, uh, all of his focus to an activity that is not yielding a very big result. In Warren Buffett's case, he's allocating all of his resources, his time, his focus, his money into whatever will give him the highest amount of return for the least amount of work with the least amount of risk. That is what brings about success. It's smart, intelligent resource allocation. I uh, think of a player who, for example, might be running 10 miles per day. This is actually something that I did back in like my very, very early basketball days, like fifth and sixth grade. I used to run a lot. And uh, the basketball player who runs 10 miles per day quickly realizes once they step onto the court and start playing full court uh, five on five basketball, that that 10 miles per day does absolutely nothing to condition them for basketball. They're completely er different aerobic systems, okay? That 10 miles per day may be very difficult, may be very challenging. It may give them a deep sense of accomplishment after they're finished, and yet there is no return whatsoever in on the basketball court. And in many cases, it actually makes you less explosive, okay? So not only is that investment of time, of energy, of you know, you know, putting your physical body through 10 miles per day, that type of investment not yielding any return, but you're actually losing money on that one, okay? So that's not intelligent resource allocation, regardless of how hard you may be working, of how difficult it is, it's not intelligent resource allocation. In the case of the player, once again, I'm speaking from personal experience, in the case of the player who trains six hours per day, this is like the investor who dumps money into something that they don't have, okay? It's not a resource that they, it, all resources are finite, okay? We have a finite amount of time, of energy, of money, 
of willpower, of focus. These are finite resources. And the player who dumps six hours per day into their training is kind of like the investor who's spending money that they don't have and they're being overly leveraged. And that player eventually finds that they are worn out, broken down, burnt out, and they're not getting a high return from that investment. And so once again, success is resource allocation. And smart, intelligent resource allocation, if you look at it through the lens of an investor, for example, the smart investor tries to find foolproof investments that are basically no-brainers, that are simple, that are easy, and that will yield a return, and they know they will. The first rule of investing for, <laughs> for every smart investor is simply don't lose money. Don't lose money. And what so many basketball players do with their training and with their approach to the game is let me spend all the money I have in all of these different areas and something's going to pay off. It's going to pay off because I'm putting everything I possibly can into that and yet smart resource allocation dictates that that is the exact return that makes you go broke or the exact approach that makes you go broke. So look at your game through the lens of an investor, not through the lens of somebody who is, uh, not through the lens of the coal miner who's spending all of their time and focus and energy on this, this one thing and just assuming that it will yield a return and that's the only way to do it. No, it's not actually. And the smart, intelligent resource allocator finds the activities that will yield the greatest result for the smallest amount of resource. You know, you want the, the largest return on the smallest investment. And once you find that, you put everything that you can into that. Like Warren Buffett spends his entire year trying to find one good investment. And then he puts a smart amount of resource into that. So that is the way to approach it. That's the frame of mind to, to uh, focus on that through. You're, you're ready to transcend. If you're watching these videos and learning the deep game principles, you're ready to go beyond that sort of adolescent way of, of looking at the world that so many coaches and trainers and all of social media seems to be screaming all the time, which is like hustle and grind and sleep when I'm dead and all of these all of this crazy nonsense that is just, it's not intelligent. It's not intelligent resource allocation, okay? So you're ready to go beyond that and you don't need to suffer and struggle all the time. There is a time and a place for that. You know, when Warren Buffett, when that one good investment comes along in his life, when that one good investment comes along, I'm sure he puts those golf clubs away, he puts the book down, he gets up and he does the work that's needed to be done. And maybe that includes long hours. I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not Warren Buffett, but I would imagine that includes long hours that may, may include flying to a different country and going through meetings and so on and so forth to acquire this company. And there's hard work that needs to be done and he does what's necessary, but he doesn't do more. And he's not spending resources unintelligently, like uh, the analogy that comes to mind is like a machine gun versus a sniper. The machine gun may hit the target once or twice, but he's doing all of this collateral damage and wasting a whole bunch of ammo. The sniper like locks onto the target, hits it once, dead between the eyes, and gets the job done. That's the way to do it. It's like a super efficient player versus like, <laughs> I hate to pick on him because I like this guy, but like old school Russell Westbrook, right? Russell Westbrook, um, you know, maybe padding the stat sheet, but in many cases is not doing it so efficiently. All right. So that's the lesson that I'd like to teach you today. And I, I want to go one step deeper with this because that in itself is, uh, is very important to understand, but there's a deeper level to this. 
And <laughs> this is going to require a little bit more thought and a little uh, that you dig a little bit deeper into your the way that you're viewing the world and viewing basketball. But in many cases, in many cases, we experience the success that we believe we deserve. We experience the success that we believe we deserve. And where we really tie ourselves in knots is when <clears throat> is when we allow hard work and the idea of putting in all of this hard work and suffering to delay the success that we could be experiencing now. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have something in my throat. I think back to Derek Rose, who was the youngest MVP in NBA history. And Derek Rose, back in 2011, began holding these press conferences where he would say, uh, he basically began saying, why can't I be MVP? Why can't I be MVP now? Like, why not? Why not? And he kept saying that. And it became this big storyline throughout the season in 2011, where he just kept saying, why can't I be MVP? And all of his teammates bought into it. The press bought into it. The NBA uh, fan base bought into it. And everybody began believing like, yeah, why can't he be MVP? And he really deeply deserved, uh, believed and, and knew that he deserved to be the MVP, that he didn't have to um, quote unquote, pay his dues and be in the NBA much longer and achieve uh, any more than he'd already achieved. He knew that he was deserving right now to be MVP. And at the end of the season, he was named the MVP of the NBA as the youngest NBA player to ever do it. In many cases, we use hard work as an excuse not to experience the success that we deserve right now. And we believe that until we put in this huge, this body of hard work and go through all of this suffering and do it with difficulty and grind through this long process that we're not deserving of success. And we've all seen players who don't work as hard as we do, who kind of just like show up at the court, uh, you know, without putting in a whole lot of work at all. And they kind of glide their way to a lot of success because they're not tangled up in this mental hangup of thinking, I've got to do all this stuff before I can be the player that uh, I'm meant to be. This is really a deeper manifestation of, um, of the law of identity. Okay, This is law number five in the deep game, which states that the player we believe ourselves to be is the player we will see. Okay, The player you believe yourself to be is the player that you will see. And the amount of success that you believe you are deserving of is the success that you will actually experience in many, many cases. Okay, And I will uh, <laughs> kind of wrap this up. And this is going to be a little bit weird and a little bit esoteric, but, but stick with me because this is really critical to understand. And uh, we're, we're going to do a quick experiment. Okay, So as I'm speaking to you right now, I am speaking to you now right? Right now, in this present moment, I'm speaking to you through the camera or, you know, through your headphones or whatever you're listening through. And you would agree that we are talking in this present moment now, okay? Not in the past, not in the future, but now. I'm going to be silent, okay, for 10 seconds, all right? Completely silent. We're just going to wait 10 seconds. And then in 10 seconds, I'm going to point something out to you starting now, all right? Okay, so now that it is 10 seconds later from when we last spoke, you would agree once again, I'm sure, that I am speaking to you now. I'm speaking to you in this present moment right now. 
And with a little bit of thought, we will realize that the only time that we could be speaking to one another like this, and I'm in communication with you, the only way to do that is now. It's not possible to do that in the past or in the future. It's only possible now. And with a little bit more thought, we will extrapolate that, let's say we're, uh, you know, you're listening to one of these talks one year from now, one year from now, it will be in the present moment now. And the truth is, now is all we actually have. The past and the future are extrapolations of the human mind. They are projections, all right? They're not actually real. All we ever have is right now. All there ever is, is the present moment. I know this is a bit esoteric, and uh, <laughs> the point I'm making is a very important one, all right? So stick with me, please. All we ever have is right now. And the only time that you can ever experience success, the only time that you can step onto the court and be the player that you're meant to be, the player that you can be, is right now, all right? So if you are always saying in the present moment, I need to put in more hard work, I need to work harder, I need to go through suffering, I need to do this and that and the other in order to someday experience success, then right now you will always be delaying the success that you want to experience. The only time that you can decide that now is the time is right now. <laughs> the only time to step up and be the player that you can be is right now. The only time to be confident in yourself is right now. Do not use the excuse of hard work to delay success that you could experience now. And so many of us do this. So many of us do this to say, I have to work harder and someday I will be the player that I need to be. Why not now? Like Derek Rose said, like literally why not? Why can't you be the player that you know you can be right now? Yes, continue putting in the work. Of course, we all know that's necessary, but the success that you experience as a result of that hard work will always happen now. Now is all we ever have. The time is now, okay? So once again, I know that's a little bit esoteric, but I pray that that message got through because it is so important. It is critical that you understand that hard work is not an excuse. It is not something to delay uh, the success that you could be experiencing because there is always more work to be put in. There is always more that you could be doing. There is always, always, always more. There is always more. And if you continue to say, I'll get that success after I work hard, You'll always be, it's again, like chasing a shadow. I know I use that example a lot, but that is literally what you're doing. If you run and chase that shadow, the shadow will always be in front of you. If you stop and realize it's here, the shadow is not moving. It is here now. The success that you deserve is here now, and you will gain that success to the degree that you believe you deserve it. All right. So I hope that helped you and I will see you in the next one. Hey, it's Coach Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is go to deepgame.com or click the link in the description and it'll take you to our free Deep Game Masterclass where you'll actually learn the entire Deep Game of basketball with all eight laws and all of the fundamentals that you need to know as a high-level basketball player. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives and it's completely free. So go to deepgame.com right now or just click the link in the description and I I can't wait to see you there.